Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with permanent guest Cammie. Welcome back. Thank you. How have you been? Uh, I've been great. How have you been? I have been excellent. We uh, are following this episode up with an amazing one that we will surely experience soon, sometime <laughs> this happened. Anyway, yeah, if, if you haven't heard, our last episode, we interviewed author Zenobia Neal. Her book, Area Nan Ravel, just came out. It's a really cool book. And we were like blown away that we got to do this with a person who actually writes books based on mythology and makes money. It's wild. It's really crazy. We're on the moon right now. <laughs> um, so to bring us back down to reality, we're going to do a normal show. That means we've got a topic. We're going to be talking about uh, the wonderful goatee-headed uh, being, a deity entity, uh, Baphomet. That's a fun word, right? Uh, it is a fun word. <laughs> uh, so this is this will be an interesting one. There's there's some. I think everyone's very familiar with this, but well, Cammy's got a a really fun story, and it's it's nice. I, she went even older than what I expected, um, just from my research, and that's what I'll follow up with after your story, Cammy. I'm gonna talk about sort of the origin of Baphomet when it cracked from its little shell into the world and said, "Hello, I'm a terrible symbol, I guess." <laughs> so. Um, I'll note the Baphomet is the symbol or one of the symbols for the Church of Satan. We're not here to, we're not going to really be touching upon that in particular. Just want to throw it out there. And if anyone's like Googling it, because the name, the name Baphomet will be in the title. So um, yeah, we're not, I, there wasn't too much there. It's That's just a kind of an evolution of it, which I will be talking about is the evolution of the symbol. So Cammie, hit us with that story. Absolutely. So I used uh, perseus.tufts.edu. Herodotus histories. I've been using Herodotus a lot recently. In the country of Egypt, the people of Thebes have set up temples to Zeus. They will not sacrifice goats to the gods in the region of Mendes, where these temples lie, because they know an old story of the hero Hercules and his father, the all-knowing Zeus. It is said that Hercules had never been able to set his eyes upon his father, for he could not fully see the presence of the divines. He was half-mortal, after all. So Zeus, wanting to please his child, slaughtered a goat and put its head over his own, then used the skin to dress himself. He came to his boy in the region of Thebes and showed himself. Hercules, now able to see his father, embraced him and wept. From this story, the reverence of goats was born, and the temples regarded them as holy creatures. Only one time per year at the festival of Zeus, a single goat is sacrificed. The priest flay the animal, and display the head on the statue of Zeus. Then they drape the skin over his shoulders so that Hercules may see his father. And they transport the statue of Hercules to the temple of Zeus and have the two immortals face each other, mimicking the meeting that happened so long ago. The goat is then mourned by the worshippers and is buried in a coffin. Ah, goat's very important for sacrifice. Uh, if you remember Thor, his chariot was carried by a pair of goats. So... Uh, I like Kimmy. You you took this back. So when I started my research, it really like the name, the word Baphomet really starts in the 11th century. But as you kind of pointed out in the story, there's some connections that go a little farther. And and a, you know, animals have always sort of been revered in many different ways in different cultures. So 
there's definitely while while uh, I'll explain in a minute how Baphomet really the, the the word the name is born in the 11th century according to primary sources the 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 idea of this being important whether it is a deity or just important mythologically does go very far back and it was kind of accredited to uh so Herodotus did write he you know, he he was explaining this sort of thing but um Eliphas uh, Levi Zahed, um, born Alphonse Louis Constant, was a uh, French esoteric poet and author of more than 20 uh, books about magic, Kabbalah, alchemical studies, and occultism. Um, one of the most influential occultists of the 19th century. Thank you, Wikipedia. So, yeah, this guy actually made that collection calling the image, the, the one that we're very familiar with, um, the goat of Mendes, the Mendes being the people of uh, in Egypt, and Mendes being the Greek name for Jedet, the, 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 the being, the entity. So this goat was depicted, uh, or this, oh, who was depicted with a goat's face, legs, and uh, Herodotus notes that male goats were revered and held uh, in, in high reverence by the Mendesians. So it looks like He's trying to, or uh, Levy here is trying to sort of make a connection between sort of the reverence of goats, and this is what happens in so in the the 14th century during the First Crusade is when this really becomes a big deal. If you're a crusader um, in the First Crusade at this time, uh, things aren't going to go so well for you, unfortunately. Um, so the Knights Templar was one of the groups that had joined in on this crusade. And in, in the crusades kind of went however they went, or, or in many different ways. But in some situations, they actually kind of got too much power, too much influence. You know, you have an organization of uh, well-armed, well-trained people coming together uh, at some points. And so King Philip IV of France... Uh, this is in 1307. He he had this whole thing to basically take him down, and he arrested them, tortured into confessions. And one of the big things that comes up in these confessions, you know, these would these would be signed documents. They would torture the the knights into signing them. Uh, this Baphomet um, came into play. You know, they they had to prove they were devious to take away their money, to take away their power, and by saying that they were. Um, that that they when they went to the east especially they they got this being and it just went went crazy from there and i i was happy because when i started this too i, I wasn't expecting uh byzantium the, the eastern roman empire to come into play but they they certainly were yeah you, you haven't know, the, mentioned byzantium it's been a while it's been a while, been a while. yeah so they yeah <laughs> So the and Byzantium was really important to the Crusades because they were like a launch pad to the to further into the east um, to Jerusalem. The, that was typically the goal. But the you know the, all the Western knights would kind of go to Byzantium to prepare and then go. But even that that takeover from the west to the east from from Italy to Byzantium was huge. Different many different languages being spoken. Lots of wealth. The, the same sort of service was not there. The, the, the servitude, the fiefdoms, that wasn't the same kind of way in the East. So life was extremely different. In fact, it was the third crusade that uh, the crusaders sacked Constantinople because they were like, you know what? Let's get these guys instead. They're right here. So a lot goes on there. And and the, the name Baphomet, so we don't have a clear idea here, but 
uh, medieval Greek, sometimes also called Byzantine Greek, has a there, there are several references to Baphomet being the uh, an equivalent of Mahomet, which is like sort of a medieval French translation of Baphomet, which Mahomet um, redirects to Muhammad, which if you're going to go on a crusade uh, to take the Holy Land back, you're going to need to understand the Saracens um, who, you know, are uh, Muslims. And you, you, so you got to understand that you got to understand the words. Uh, a lot of the Byzantine world spoke Arabic because they've been fighting the Arabs and working with them and trading since, you know, 700, uh, yeah, for, for since 600, 780. So hundreds and hundreds of years into this, um, the Byzantine Greeks uh, had to, the, the Roman Empire at, the, at its point had to work with these and, and do that. So Mahomet, it kind of seems like it was sort of a translation of that. And it looks like King uh, Philip's, you know, big conspiracy to get the Knights Templar completely eradicated or, or suppressed at the very least, kind of, he, he was, they were able to find this sort of connection. Now, but there is a, a letter from 1098 from a crusader. Um, this was the first crusade. Uh, on Selm of Ribamont, he says, As the next day dawned, they called loudly upon Baphomet, and we prayed silently in our hearts to God. Then we attacked and forced all of them outside the city walls. This was um, so, so Malcolm Barber and Keith Bate wrote a book in 2010, Letters from the East, Crusaders, Pilgrims, and Settlers in the 12th and 13th centuries. So it looks like they might be, you know, the referencing like the call to prayer, perhaps, or something along those lines, uh, you know. The crusade wasn't just a straight shot to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, they would usually go to like Acre, um, lots of other cities, Antioch, uh, and and these cities went from uh, Muslim Christian hands, like flip and flop, in every couple, you know, like centuries, ten ten years or, or so, even. So there was a, a lot of. It wouldn't have been weird for them to kind of uh, sack a city, but they would kind of leave its inhabitants and sort of see things and, and learn. So it, it looks like in the 11th century, the early 11th century, they would have been exposed to this. And this letter sort of does that. And again, if you're writing in Latin, you might, you'd have some Greek speaking and, and the, the Greeks, they were at this point, the, uh, the Byzantines were pretty, uh, like, unlike the Western counterparts, they still had pretty good scholarly works going on. So they would have been bi were multilingual. So, hey, what's the word for the, you know, who, who they, the prophet that they worship? And that's where the Baf the the Muhammad Baphomet kind of comes up and gets translated. So again, uh, we don't know for sure if this is the case, but it it kind of doesn't matter because it's what the King Philip went with and and rolled with. And by the 14th century, it had consequences. Whether it was a thousand percent, yeah. What this is the the way that it went. And then from there, I mean, this symbol the there's the downward facing pentagram. The there's like the goat with the arm and the leg and it's the man and the woman um it, that's very it's there's a lot of like it went through like a medieval sort of everything medieval kind of got in it and really like uh tarot is is really where i see the for the devil that's the symbol um for it as well yeah, and, and the writer this, weight tarot deck i know is it has that as the symbol for the devil yeah so that really kind of came up and that's wikipedia has the section on the witch's sabbath it being connected to that as well so there's some there's some pretty crazy stuff that's also out there uh, for the etymologies. There's an idea that it could it could be the three phonemes that constitute the denomination, um, also in a coded fashion for Basilius uh, Philosophorum Metallorcorum. So you take ba fo 
met out of those three Greek words, um, which comes from the sovereign of metallurgical philosophers. So we're going into some Da Vinci Code stuff at that point. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's kind of what they're thinking. There's also this idea that the Templars were Gnostics and that Baphomet was formed from the uh, Greek words Baphe Metus to mean um, baptism of wisdom. So it, it could be it could be all of these things. It could be not. <laughs> it could be none of them. In truth, again, King Philip, he, he rolled with it for this purpose. And in the next couple hundred years, connecting to the tarot card for the devil, I think that cemented this idea that it, it was specifically that. Um, and, and that's how we really know it and, and appreciate it today. So it, it's King Philip's the one who really stuck that in there. There's a lot of conspiracies that kind of go around it. Um, I actually kind of like the the Bafe Metos baptism of wisdom. It really does look like it. Like it, it's literally like Baphomet, but with O U S at the end and just separating two words. So it's it's weird. There's I, I'll note. I, so I, Lars Brownworth is where I get a lot of my favorite history books from, and he wrote a book not just on uh, Byzantium, Byzantium, the the Eastern Roman Empire. Um, called Lost to the West, but he also wrote a book on the Crusades. I listened to it about a year ago. I, I meant to listen to it again. I, I need to just buy the damn books. But he's he's talked – one thing that is really clear is the culture clashing between East and West, just between the Orthodox Byzantine – Orthodox Greek Byzantine world and the Latin – Roman Latin West. And so I, I can totally see this was just like an insane culture shock. That eventually would blossom into the Renaissance, but there was a lot of growing pains for about 300 years before that could happen or about 400 years before that could happen, unfortunately. And I just feel like that this is a, um, a kind of a uh, one of those growing pains from that. Like a relic and, of the time. Mm -hmm, yeah, just these these sort of connections. And um, I, I, I can only imagine that some of the, you know, certainly some of the, the knights would have been doing things that weren't good you know and then like it just kind of besmirches all of them and you're just kind of screwed but yeah i mean the king he uh he totally went into it and took him down some other connections uh that have been made too anton levey who wrote the satanic bible he he makes a connection to pan saying that you know christianity uh the, the cloven hooves of pan you know we have that we have the same sort of human characteristics on with goats hooves you see where I'm going with this. Yeah, and I mean, we so, just did an episode on satyrs, so right, exactly. And so there's there's some connections there. Again, I don't, I just don't think that Baphomet is there's not a or a direct line there, but it it helps um, the idea of this grow for sure, certainly. So um, one one fun thing that Baphomet's been featured in a lot of things. I I think I first heard the name in the Persona franchise yes yep. um he's he's in that you know, and that features tarot and, and that features a lot of mythologies but has a big focus on tarot and stuff like that as well like the devil is you know one of the that, that tarot is featured in it and i don't know what they might use baphomet as well on that but um there's also a game a pc game called tristania 3d i'm sure this was from like the pc golden age you know and uh he's the baphomet is the main antagonist and this, the game's storyline is actually that Philip IV is the one who worships Baphomet, not the Knights Templar, but he, like, does a double tricky wiki and, you know, uses it against them and eradicates them from stopping him, you know, they so that way they can't gain power. So I, I was like, oh, that's cool. Is it a point-and-click adventure? I don't know. It sounds I, like um, it would be a really good one. 
Right. Yeah. No, it really does seem like it's yeah. Tristania 3D. Hold on. I'll have to. I'm gonna have to look up real fast because that could be like a really good one. Or I mean, it seemed like it was well done. Tristania 3D. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It looks absolutely glorious. Like Doom style kind of graphics almost. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to look up some more of that. It doesn't. There doesn't seem like there's too much on it. I know Jane Jensen, who did a lot of the Sierra games, mm-hmm. did uh, Gabriel Knight 3. Was I don't know if it featured um baphomet at all but it did feature the knights templar and kind of like the seedier side of that and the darker side of that that's cool yeah i mean the it was it was rough like just from the books that i've read like i I really uh in distant lands is lars brownworth's book on the crusades and it was wild absolutely wild and i've also learned about the crusades because of the effects that they had on um, Byzantium said so the sacking of Constantinople after that was at the, at the end of the second crusades like at the end of the 13th century or, or mid 13th century uh it was I mean it, the crusades were like extremely de- detrimental to crusader states like there was so much of that it, it it was they weren't just like Christians going to Jerusalem and 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 lots of bloodshed it, it was it was so much more I mean it was Christian on Christian and a lot happened it it doesn't surprise me that a huge conspiracy and this and the figure of baphomet being born uh, as a separate entity out of a what could be just a mistranslation or a mispronunciation so i i could totally believe that that's what the case is but i i really appreciate your your story cami how you tied it into herodotus's account of this ancient egyptian society and their how they worship goats uh, I think everyone can kind of understand and live with that. That's how we have, like, you know, we, we've done centaur recently too. We've done um, satyrs, as you said, and we've, I think, touched upon how easy it is for society to kind of do that, especially with the centaurs. So it's just kind of wild, like my little Illuminati <laughs> kind of touch up um, how you could easily get into. I'm pretty sure Baphomet or the pentagram is even featured in the Da Vinci Code. I've never read or watched them that series unfortunately <laughs> you're just like uh it should be there <laughs> it probably it's gotta be it's gotta be knights templar oh yeah oh yeah i was you know i'll I'll say this i did try and start the movie it's kind of cheesy and i'm kind of upset because like it introduces you to all the spanish uh catholic the evil people and i and it's all british and american actors and i'm like you couldn't hire one spanish actor you couldn't <laughs> well that's hollywood right anyway uh I think that just about covers this. Let us know what you think of Baphomet. Have you ever had tarot readings and the devil popped up and you were like, oops, <laughs> let us know. Um, check out our links in our link tree below in the comment section. That's where you can find all of our social media. Please listen to our last show with Zenobia. That was just a great honor. And if you have a book that's coming out and you're a myth writer, let us know. We'll talk to you on the show. Uh, anything else to add, Kimmy? I think that's it. Awesome. Well, everyone, uh, let us know what you think, and we will see you next time. Oh. Oh. Wait just a second. Hey, everyone. Sorry, Brian here. Totally didn't realize until I was editing. I mentioned around the five or six minute mark, uh, King Philip being around during the First Crusade, that it isn't accurate. First Crusade was like early 11th century, and he did his whole Templar persecution thing in the very beginning of the 14th century. Also, I forgot to mention from my notes that one reason why he decided to eradicate the Knights Templar, this is kind of important, is that he was actually uh, mega in debt with them. So again, uh, 
This was later, about 200 years after the First Crusade, and he was in debt with the Knights Templar and just didn't want this powerful organization to be around. All right, everyone, that's it. Thanks for listening. Ow.